Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. All right, so let's use that base understanding to answer the question, what's the best use of my summer in 2023? And again, this is gonna be different for everyone. So that's why we're asking these questions and then trying to answer some of the big ones. Let's say, for example, you're 16 years old and this is your vision. I wanna be a doctor in 10 years. Or you're 14 years old. It's just not right that microfinancing isn't more accessible. When I'm older, I hope to create an app to solve this. Okay. It was uh, one of my students a couple of years ago who just recently won $12,000 from the International Baccalaureate for winning the uh, Innovators Award, um, an international award. She won an award for an app that she's been building since she was 14. The first time I asked her to think about just what just isn't right on this planet and what would you solve if you were already, if you were out of that mindset that so many teens are in, right? The mindset that I've just got to work really, really hard to prepare for college because college is coming. So I just need to do the stuff that prepares me for college. Step outside of that mindset and very quickly you can start doing things that are meaningful and that actually do prepare you better for college. So at 14, she said it's just not right that we have issues. She, she lived in, in India for a short time. And she said uh, her best friend, when her best friend's parents had a change in salary and in income, uh, they decided they had two children and they decided they had enough tuition, enough money for one child to go to school. And the brother who didn't care about school got sent to school while the sister who was a great student and was my student's best friend when she was younger, no longer could go to school. It's just not right. And she got into financing and, and all sorts of things. This is, so this is actually from a 14 year old. I mean, I might feel like that's not a 14 year old thought. This was a 14 year old thought. Okay, another really common thing. I love this sport, whatever the sport may be. And in order for me to be recruited to my favorite D1 college, I need to cut my time, whatever, a swim time, running time, whatever, or, or increase my something else by, by some measurement. Another one, let's be, keep it simple. I hope to gain admittance to some college. Okay, I've, got a, I've got a college that I've got my sights set on. That's where I wanna go. So all of those are fine for a vision. And that's where I think a great summer begins. Skip ahead five years, 10 years. Uh, five years usually isn't enough for a high school student because in five years, you're still getting your bachelor's degree. Try to think maybe 10 years ahead, see where that takes you and kind of look back. And then let's look at the strategy. Let's say that you were the first one. How, what would you do this summer if you wanna be a doctor in 10 years? Well, can you interview a doctor? Can you talk to a doctor directly and ask what they would do if they were your age? Just, you know, if you woke up tomorrow, you're 15, what would you do to make sure that you were really well prepared to be a doctor? What would you focus on? What are the, what are the foundational blocks that we need, right? If you're a musician, what are the scales? For those who are not musicians, scales are these exercises that we do every single day that are so foundational and so basic that we just move our fingers automatically, but that muscle memory continues to reinforce. It's the foundational pieces that will allow us to create great music. 
And so what are the scales of becoming a great doctor? Right, you start asking those kinds of questions, that'd be a great way to find out. Uh, what if you wanted to become a great doctor in 10 years? What are the relevant publications, the organizations? What, what are the, uh, what, where are the groups of people who are talking about how to become a great doctor in the next 10 years? Where are they? Uh, where are they publishing information? Where are they communicating? Where are they meeting? And access those publications, read them. Find the organizations, find the groups and join them. Participate. Above all, if you want to be a doctor or you want to be anything else, interview the expert that is where you want to be in 10 years. Find the relevant publications, the organizations, read them, join them, and find a mentor, find a community. I've got a picture of me scuba diving. Okay, this is actually me, and that is a puffer fish. Okay, this fish. If it is uh, scared, it can puff up to, I don't know, 10 times that size. It puffs into a big ball. But this is me. My favorite thing to do is scuba dive. Um, my favorite thing probably is basketball, but scuba diving is a close second. And if you ask me, how would I, you know, if I had a free day, what would I do? I would love to jump in the water and go explore some coral reefs or just sit and enjoy uh, scuba diving. I love to dive. Those of you who have scuba dived in the past, those of you who, who understand what I'm talking about, I'm just going to share a quick idea. There are times when you're in the ocean that you get, you find a current where the ocean is moving. And it's kind of interesting because you don't think of the ocean as, as a, a set of rivers, but there are ocean currents inside the ocean that act just like rivers. It's amazing to experience. Uh, but if I try to swim against even, a, even a, a, a moderate ocean current, I can't. I, I would exert my, my absolute full strength to try to go into the current and just barely move a centimeter at a time. Really, literally can't even move a full inch. Like It is very difficult to move against a current. Um, and I have a friend who was diving and uh, she started to, to, uh, to go down in the water and she found a current that was a strong current, a strong ocean current. Now a strong ocean current, there's no chance that a human could swim against a strong ocean current. It's just uh, fish don't try to, okay? Fish just try to get out of the current um, if they're going, if it's going the wrong way. But my friend got, got, caught in the current and she thought it was her first time experiencing a strong ocean current. And she thought, wow, this is amazing. She just got pushed, pulled really fast. And, uh, and she just sat in the current and enjoyed getting pulled uh, away. And so she kind of rode in that current for a little while. And then she just, she decided, man, I'm really far away from, or I'm starting to get far, further away from everyone else. Um, maybe I should come out of the current and come back. To, to the group. And so she, um, you know, there's ways to fill your vest with air so that it forces you up, even if there's a strong current. And she got herself out of the current. And as she looked around under the water in the ocean, she couldn't see anyone. And so what you're supposed to do when that happens is you, you rise to the surface, uh, you know, you do the safety checks and everything else, you get to the surface and find the boat and then, and you're okay. So she did that. She rises to the surface 
and she couldn't even see the boat. The ocean current had taken her so fast and so far that she could barely see a, a little speck in the horizon and thought, is that the boat? Um, and she could only see it after looking for it for a while. And she began to slowly swim back to the boat. And by the time she got back, I mean, literally more than an hour later, she was fully exhausted, as in needed medical attention level of exhaustion. Okay, and I tell that story uh, not to scare you out of scuba diving. It's actually not difficult to get out of an ocean current. Uh, she chose to ride that wave. I tell you that story to illustrate something. If you've never dived before, you can see over here, I've got a belt buckle on. Why do I have a belt buckle? Right here, you might be able to see, that's a weight. That's a one kilogram weight. I have six of them on, on me, okay? I have six kilograms, that's about 15 pounds, trying to weigh me down so that I can get underwater. I have a very heavy tank behind me that's, that's more than 15 pounds, it's about 40 pounds, 30 to 40 pounds, because uh, this was a bigger tank. And uh, I've got all this, all these um, little things that kind of get, that restrict my motion, make it a little harder to move around and, and, and be as flexible as I'd want to be. And if I wanted to swim, the last thing I would want to do is, is gear up to, with all the scuba diving gear. It's great for, for breathing underwater, right? Keeping me alive underwater so I can enjoy the fish and swim around, but it's not great for swimming. And high school students, your, you know, rigorous test schedules and classes and everything else, they weigh you down. They make it hard for you to explore the ocean, to swim. However, you are a high school student, you're full of energy and curiosity, and adults, experts would love to work with you as long as you are not annoying right? Uh, and if you truly love the thing that you want to do, if you truly want to become a doctor, do you know how many doctors would just love to help you get there? They'd love to. So many. If you want to uh, go do something great, there are plenty of people who want to help you. So why do I say all of this? A good mentor or a strong community is the current, that ocean current, that can carry you much further than you could ever dream of accomplishing on your own. Accomplishing things on your own. I tell my students all the time in the Ivy League Challenge, right? If you wanna execute a really impressive impact project, then by yourself, it's like suiting up with all this scuba gear and then going and swimming. Almost, I mean, just impossible. You're gonna move so slowly. It's going to be so frustrating. You're going to feel weighed down by the weight of everything around you, right? There's just so much baggage there. Don't do that. Get engaged in a community with an expert, with someone who can carry you. And it's not that they're carrying you. It's that the momentum of the organization already is moving that fast. And so if you get into that current, if you get into that momentum of the organization that's already moving, then you can move really, really quickly. And I have example after example after example after example of this uh, from students in the program. You get into the right organization and you're gonna fly, okay? It's gonna carry you much further than you ever could dream of accomplishing on your own. All right.
back to recovery. Okay, so we talked about vision, strategy, and one key strategy is to find that ocean current and be pulled along. Now recovery. Okay, some ideas around recovery, and we'll take these one at a time. Escape activities are not recovery activities. Those of you who uh, have teens who have been in my program, you know, one of the first things that we talk about is, is sleep and the difference between recovering or taking a break versus escaping. Escape activities are death scrolling on Instagram, uh, getting stuck in YouTube or Reddit, Quora, right? Where you are... Uh, you're scrolling and you're engaging, but you're not recovering. Your brain is being stimulated. And escape activities are the activities that we do when, when we're not fully engaged and we're a little bit frustrated. We're probably sleep deprived. And so when we talk about recovery, we're not saying take a break from your awesome focus and go scroll social media for 10 minutes. We're saying, give your brain that that actual recovery opportunity all right so what do we do when we recover uh, we need to increase the quality of sleep and the quantity of sleep when you are uh, in in middle in the middle of kind of really hard effort or extreme effort then your recovery can be much more effective if you are reconnecting with nature uh, with animals with babies with something that makes you smile Okay, something that really lights up your brain, lights up all these like pleasure centers of your brain, not through uh, overstimulation, but through connection. All right. A longer term idea, if you need to recover after a burnout and, and the summer needs to be part of that recovery in general, then dust off an old hobby, right? Pull out that guitar that's been sitting in your, in your closet since last summer. Uh, pull it out and keep it in, in out of the closet so that you can see it and, and pick it up more regularly. Some of you recover better through adventure. And so think about what's the most fun thing you could do this summer and go have that adventure. Um, something that works almost always and is just really underappreciated is the idea of finding someone who's not expecting help and serving them. Go out of your way to serve someone. That can create recovery almost faster than anything. Uh, so if you can kind of combine this connecting with nature or with something that makes you smile, uh, and if that something might be serving someone or, or helping someone who's in pain to be less in pain, um, those are some of the, the, these activities that really help you recover quickly and, and fully. All right. So just to be clear, once you understand what you want your summer to be about, that's the vision. Then the next thing is the strategy and always, always, always return to homeostasis. Don't buy into the myth that resilience is about staying out of balance longer than everyone else. Resilience is about recovering. Okay? True resilience is about uh, doing the things that allow you to return to homeostasis. Okay, 
So now let's get to some strategy, some specific strategy questions. And go ahead and type in your questions as you have them. But the first one that I know some people are thinking of is, well, look, I don't know what my 10-year vision is. I don't know what my perfect summer means, but I do know that I want to impress an admissions officer. Okay. So my question is, how do I find, quote unquote, an opportunity? Now, I've seen opportunity here used as uh, an internship. I've seen it as a research opportunity. Okay, so you'll see, how do I find a research opportunity? How do I find an internship opportunity? I've seen this as a number of other things that you can probably imagine. So things that we think that admissions officers are looking for, how do I find a way into that thing? Right, great question, great question. Uh, let's talk through that. First of all, from the vision perspective, the goal here is to get more competitive, to be more competitive for college. So that's the vision. It's a little bit short-sighted in my opinion. I would prefer to go 10-year vision, but this is a question that a lot of you are asking, so let's answer it, even if it's not as, uh, it's not quite the, the high level of vision that we'd like to see. The first thing I want to point out is there's a big difference between reactive and proactive activities. And, and, and by that, I mean reactive and proactive, quote unquote, opportunities. So for example, if there's a, an internship at the local hospital and they say, you know, we, we're going to take six high school students into our internship program. And there's probably going to be 100 high school students who apply to that internship. So there's already a 6% admission rate. And people are trying to game that and, and get into that, uh, that wonderful internship because now I'm interning at the hospital. And it turns out that it's really not what, what you want as a high school student. Uh, an internship at the hospital that's already established or at the local, you know, the, the computer programming, whatever. Um, if there's an internship, if there's a company or a hospital that says, you know what we really need? We need some free labor. We need some high school students that we've got these mundane, mindless tasks that take all of our time. If we just had one person in charge of 10 interns, we could get most of this mindless stuff done for free or almost free. And maybe we pay for pizza every once in a while. Uh, and we vouch for these students that they actually put in the hours that they say they put in. And then we can get this work done for free. Imagine joining that organization and being in the hospital and and there's no flexibility because the reason why this organization put all the time and effort into creating this internship program is so that they could get some free labor <laughs> not so that they could cultivate your curiosity and uh and help you live your core values more more completely right they created this internship which took a lot of time it took a lot of thinking they have to think, they have to figure out how to advertise the opportunity, figure out what the application looks like, figure out how and when the deadline is, and then read through all the applications and interview people and make decisions and announce them and com communicate and train and everything else. That's really time consuming. Why are they willing to do all that? Because they feel like they're going to get something valuable out of it. And that's the last thing you want to do. <laughs> you don't want to spend your time trying to be the 6% the that are accepted into this hospital internship only to find out 
that your job is to be a runner. Your job is to sit at the reception desk and when a message comes in that needs to get to radiology, you take the message from the receptionist and you run it over to the radiology department and make sure it gets to the right inbox. And then you come back to the reception and then you run, make another run. That's not going to uh, develop your curiosity. It's not going to help you reach your goals. Okay, so these programs that already exist, the internships that already exist, they're probably the least valuable to you. And so, quote unquote, finding an opportunity that already exists is often a bad idea. Um, and so we're asking the wrong question. Instead, we want to create. Oh, let me let me just clarify that. Instead, we want to create opportunities, which we'll talk about in just a second. Okay, so that's the first thing. Rather than looking for opportunities, let's think ahead to the uh, the next thing. If you want to impress an admissions officer, think ahead to the Why Us essay. During your senior summer, your your summer before senior year, you're going to write a whole bunch of essays, and one of those is going to be your personal statement. And we've got two or three podcast episodes about that. I've got an entire guide that you should begin in grade eight. You should begin putting together that guide. Um, you, not putting together the guide. You should begin filling in the guide because it's those meaningful moments that you have that you're going to forget about in the stress of senior summer. You should be keeping track of all that stuff beginning in grade eight, grade nine, or whenever you hear this presentation. You should download that and, and, and take it. It's free. It's in my course, it's part of my course, but it's also free to everyone um, just at the podcast in the show notes to that podcast. Um, but that's not what this is about. The why, that's the, the, the uh, personal statement. In addition to the personal statement, you're going to have a whole bunch of other essays. And one of those essays is the why us essay. I want you to put yourself in the admissions officer's shoes for just a second. Okay. Most of these why us letters, the why us essay, by the way, is this, it says, why do you want to go to UPenn? Tell us why UPenn is the right college for you. Why are you choosing to apply to, to UPenn? And if you say, because UPenn is highly ranked, because you know, Benjamin Franklin formed or, or founded UPenn, and, and Benjamin Franklin's like my favorite historical figure, or whatever, uh, those are things that, you know, meh, not that exciting. Okay. Imagine an admissions officer and they get that email or they get that essay that says, I, I just want to live there. I love the city. I love the countryside. I love the whatever. I love the context. I love your buildings. I love your ranking. I love your whatever. And then the admissions officer is going to say, you know, if you really wanted to come here, why didn't you ever contact our professor that you say you want to work with? Why didn't you ever look into this club that you say you want to join? Why, why haven't you been collaborating with them? Why don't you read our school newspaper and know about these issues? Imagine instead that you're an admissions officer and you read, I've been collaborating with professor so-and-so in these three different ways. And we're both excited. Once I get to campus, we're excited to, to continue our efforts to do this or to solve that. I've been communicating with the, you know, the student leader of X organization because I'm doing the same thing. Uh, I've got a really good example, Minna Most, um, who I interviewed twice on my podcast. Her second interview is about the progress from her impact project. And all the organizations that she reached out to, college, campus organizations, 
that because her thing is all about how do we improve sex ed, right? How do we improve this this awful situation in the way that that teenagers are taught sex ed? It, really ineffective, really uh, just just a, a situation that that needs improvement. And come to find out, there's a whole bunch of college campus organizations that are also trying to solve this problem. And, uh, and she was able to collaborate. You can listen to exactly how she reached out and what she did, but think ahead. If you're gonna use your summer, if you wanna find an opportunity, think ahead to your YS essay. Which college do you want to get into? Go ahead and find the professors, the organizations, subscribe to their newsletter, read their newspapers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Become really familiar with that campus and, and get involved and okay? get to know them. And you've got a whole summer, okay? So as you read their college newspaper, as you become familiar with the things that are happening, the topics that are being discussed, the, the research that's being done, dive in, okay? Use your time and activities to explore all of that. And remember, back to that, key thing, if we're talking about admissions, you need to answer this question throughout your application. Who are you and why does it matter? Who are you and why is your community a better place because of who you are? Well, if you are collaborating with people on campus and already making their college campus a better place because of who you are, before you even get to campus, that's a pretty good answer about how you're gonna make college campus a better place once you get there. All right, let's go to the next question. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.